0: Allie breathed out. Her thoughts traveled back to her first awful months in Odor Friendly's care, when she didn't know how she'd even survived. Day after day, she had blathered, I just want to see Mama. Week after week, she had cleaned, waited desperately for a day off that never came. While making dinner, Midge Darlington and a still-sane Arnold Armstrong had told Allie to be strong, They soothed her, straightened her dress, and untangled her oily hair. They held her when she broke into tears from loneliness and exhaustion, at least as often as they could without getting spotted by Mrs. Friendly. They squeezed her hands, contorting their dirty faces into kindly expressions, and still she grew hopeless. Over time, her mind began the sad process of adapting to the artless art of survival. Then, Jerome saved her. Recalling their first meeting still made Allie smile. At the time, she had been mopping a kitchen on the 26th floor. Back and forth she went, trying to loosen the ground-in dirt on the linoleum tiles, which was the result of a partially collapsed ceiling. Then, she heard an animal pad across the apartment's living room. Nervous, she peeked around the door frame and spotted an oversized tan tabby standing by the locked door to the hallway. Allie approached it in a distant, emotionless state, but peering into the cat's large, somehow familiar green eyes, she felt her detachment wash away. Sniffling, she said, Oh, Kitty, you, you shouldn't be here. I don't know how you got in, but you've got to leave before the friendlies catch you. The cat seemed to wink at her. Allie kneeled down and rubbed the cat's head. "'Run for your life, little one,' she whispered. "'If one of the boys finds you, he might use you for target practice, "'or have you for dinner. I'm not kidding. They eat a lot of meat.' The cat yawned sleepily. "'Do I have to chase you off?' Allie asked. "'Do I, little mister? Don't make me.' The cat stared at her. "'Oh, Allie, I promise you I can handle myself,' he said." Those friendly boys won't catch me. There isn't a chance. Allie stood up and backed away, her foot kicking over a spray can of Lysol. You you can talk? Of course I can talk, and call me Jerome. The cat's tail hovered as if weightless. I never heard of a cat who talks, said Allie. Now you have. She broke into her first smile since arriving at the greaser. Say something again. Meow, he joked. "'Wish I had a treat for you.' "'A treat for me, Miss Argos?' "'You're the one who's in need of a treat,' said Jerome. "'Believe me, if I had pockets and money, "'I'd go buy you a sardine sandwich straight away.' "'Allie smiled even wider. "'I was sent here by someone who loves you very much, Allie. "'Is that okay? "'Who—who was it?' "'I really can't say, but I wouldn't lie to you. "'Capiche?' "'Capiche?' It's a word from the Italian language. It means, get it? So be honest. Can I be your friend? She nodded hesitantly. Doesn't being friends take time, like, when kids play together for a while? Well, due to the circumstances, I'm trying to be more straightforward. Uh Uh-huh, Allie said. I guess we can be friends, Mr. Jerome. Just Jerome, please. Since that day, nine dismal years had passed, and Jerome remained— along with Midge Darlington as Allie's closest friend and confidant. He somehow wormed his catty way into whichever locked apartment she was cleaning, providing her with company, entertainment, and a window to the outside world. Seated silently in her room, hands aching and feet sore, Allie twisted the overhead bulb until it went out. Then she collected the stuffed alligator she'd found years before, curled up on the bare floor, and pulled some old curtains over her narrow shoulders. The fabric had a faded lobster pattern, but the material was thick enough to cut the damp chill of the greaser hotel. Her mind still buzzing with worry for Rena, Allie closed her eyes, her stomach rumbling loudly, and fell asleep.